Slight delay there. They were doing some type of, I don't know, I think the Matrix is here again, Deli. They're out to get us. What can I say? It was me. It was Deli. <laughs> Deli's getting a little too, a little too much of an ego up in this house. We have a fantastic show for you today. I have a very, very special guest. First, I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about today, and then I'm going to intro a guy I've been waiting to talk to for a very long time. The title of today's show is Things Men Do to Ruin Their Lives. Uh-oh, you don't want to be doing that stuff. Feminist brainwashing and battling the matrix. And we have Bedros Koulian in the house. He is unbelievable. I am so excited to have you here. I don't Thank even, you. oh my gosh. All right, I'm going to talk, I'm going to tell, get into the topics a little bit, and then I'm going to intro you. But I had to just show everybody he's here. Get excited. Get as excited <laughs> as I am. My dog is also here. I'll show you her at the end of the show. She's four and a half pounds. She's shaking like a leaf at my feet. We'll talk about that later. All right, so today we're going to talk about masculinity in crisis. Why is it happening uh, what are the reasons? How do we fix it? We're going to dig into the matrix a little bit. We're going to talk about how fitness can be an antidote to the matrix's agenda. We'll dig into Andrew Tate a little bit, how men and women are different, how porn is toxic to men. Bedros had a uh, fantastic video that went viral on that. I want to ask him about that. And why do nice guys finish last? I got some nice guys out there in the chat. You frustrated? You starting to feel like, mm-mm, we're going to tell you what you're doing wrong, if anything. We're also going to dig into some toxic masculinity. Does that exist? No. Some broken modern women. I got a video for him. I'm going to get his live reaction to, uh-oh. And how the wrong woman can wreck a man's life. Uh-oh. Can the right woman make a man's life? We're going to get into that. So Bedros Koulian, I'm going to intro you. He is the founder of Fit Body Bootcamp. He's the author of the Wall Street Journal bestselling book, Man Up, How to Cut the BS and Dominate in Business and in Life. His podcast is booming. He has a show over. You can catch it on YouTube everywhere. It's booming. It's awesome. Guys, really, it's one of the best shows that I've seen. You should check it out. He does one-on-one -on -one coaching programs of all kinds. There really isn't anything this man doesn't do. And he can't stand the Matrix, so he's now a friend of mine. Welcome to Thank the show. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank, Thank you. you for being here. Um, I've seen a bunch of your content. It's fascinating. It's really well done, really well executed. Uh, I want to start with a masculinity crisis. Sure. We're going to dig into what you do um, when it comes to the fitness. We have some videos we're going to show the audience. audience is going to go nuts for this stuff. But your book, the title Man Up, yeah. caught me yeah. right away. So when you, when you had mm. that idea, who are you talking to that needs to man up? So originally I was talking to myself. So, you know, the, the first chapter of the book, I say men and women can man up because it's really about human, mm. humaning up to your highest potential. And there was a time in 2013 that I had a massive anxiety attack, actually late 2012. Um, that led to a lot of self-discovery, mm -hmm. working with a therapist, figuring out I've experienced a lot of trauma that I had just kind of hidden away. I was molested by two uh, older boys when we lived in Armenia. Uh, we escaped communism a few years after that. Um, and came to the United States, but all that came to haunt me at the age of 38, I'm now 48 years old. And so, mm -hmm. There was a time when I was a poor leader, a poor business partner, didn't know how to communicate, was indecisive, and I blamed everybody around me. I blamed my employees, I blamed my business partner, I blamed my wife for not understanding and supporting me when really I didn't communicate my needs and wants. And um, all of that led to a massive anxiety attack, which I thought was a heart attack. And uh, that led to a year of self-discovery. So when I wrote the book a few years later, 
It was about what I went through and I realized many men suffer in silence. Mm -hmm. And um, the whole idea of man up is, I kept telling myself, man up and have that conversation. Man up and, and ask for what you want in life. Man up and be decisive. I was the king of indecision, king of being passive aggressive, and then hoping that you would figure out what I want. And if you didn't, then I became even more passive aggressive. Mm. And so for me, the whole man up mantra, I would man up my way through becoming my 2.0 self. And so naturally for me, the title ended up being man up as in human up to your higher potential. Wow, really interesting. Do, do you believe that I, I'm a strong believer that there is a crisis in masculinity happening right now, not Absolutely. just in this country, but in the world. So do you, you say you do see that? What do you, why is that happening? It's for a multitude of reasons. One, you take away the fathers. Uh, so you've got a 50% divorce rate. At least that's what they say in the country. They've got a 50% divorce rate. So 50% of the fathers are absent. Who's teaching that young man uh, the way of man, right? By the way, there's a great book out there by Jack Donovan uh, called The Way of Men. Um, I think every guy should read it, whether you've got a dad in your life or not. And in that book, um, you know, he talks about strength, honor, courage, and mastery. Like those are the four things that every man needs. And um, in the absence of that, you begin to feel like you can't exercise your voice. And so one, there's that, the crisis is a byproduct of the high divorce rate. There are no fathers. There used to be a rite of passage where a father would take the son through an experience and that experience would be assigned to that young boy that you are now a man mm -hmm. and you have a seat at the table and the tribe of men will groom you into a capable, confident man here to be a protector, a provider who can preside over his family, over his community. Uh, that no long, longer exists. Cultures for years, for thousands of years had that and it doesn't exist. So there's one thing. And then you got the big, what I call the opposition, which is media, social media, television media, mainstream media, a big government. Um, look, if I want to, if I want to invade a country, mm -hmm. if I want to invade a country, I'm not, I'm not worried about the children of that country. I'm not worried about the women of that country um, stopping me in my army. I'm not worried about the elderly in that country. I'm worried about the men, the able-bodied men. But if I can demoralize them and destabilize them for decades using media, using terms like toxic masculinity, then I can walk into that country and practically take it away from them mm -hmm. without firing a single shot. So there's the attack on masculinity is, is multi-front. And so the attack to save masculinity must be multi-front. Is it working? Because as far as I can see, I, I see an increasing number of feminized men. I see an increasing number of men, particularly during the pandemic, you know, who were walking around in total terror, who weren't looking at the data, who were actually responding very much with emotion. Mm -hmm. So as far as I can see, the Matrix agenda, unfortunately, is working quite well, in my view. Um, is it working? And if, not, if, if it is working, what, what do we do about it? Well, I think... It really became aware to majority sometime after 2020. Mm -hmm. When the pandemic happened, um, especially you know, six, seven, eight, ten 10 months into the pandemic, I think people started to sense deep down in their gut, something's not right, That's something's right. off. The Some mandates may be set. Yes, mm -hmm. right, right. Um, people can tell, like, you know, someone can walk into a room and you can just tell, like, my, your, the, your spidey senses go off, the hair on the back of your neck stands up. Like, why is that? There's an energy about them, only to find out later that they did something shady. Right. And so see, but can I just interrupt you there? Because I love what you're saying. 
but there's there's less and less and we're talking about men here in particular mm-hmm. because we I do agree with you that men are on the front lines of, you know, the guys that want to do danger, they need weak men. So we need men on the front lines being strong Correct. all the time. I'm not just talking about the front lines in the military, I'm talking about the front lines of your home, the front lines of your community, all of that stuff, but there are less and less men who have that spidey sense or they they kind of that's been suppressed or beaten out of them to such an extent that they don't respond with that they're having when i say a feminized man they have a very emotional reaction to everything and i see less and less guys able to do what you're talking about and that's scary to me as a woman in the world i need more guys like you out there and i i maybe i'm a forever optimist but i believe we will win Mm -hmm. and the reason we will win is remember this was happening for a minimum of 20 years uh, the the dismantling of masculinity, mm-hmm. dismantling of the confidence of men, telling men that they are toxic, that everything that is factory installed in a man is not right. Like, could you imagine that? Everything that is factory installed. Imagine if I said, hey, everything that's factory installed in you is not right. Like the need mm-hmm. to be seen and heard, that a woman wants to be seen and heard, that's not right. Don't do that. That's toxic femininity. Like, you'd be like, what the hell, man? That's like, like my radiance wants that. And so my son from, like, he was a little puppy. He just like punched me in the face before he could even walk. And I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> my daughter, on the other hand, wanted to cuddle with things, right? Like, right. Two, same parents. I have a son. He whacks us all around. Right, <laughs> In right. fact, we have a rule in my house for my son. He's three years old. And I'll say to him, rough with daddy, gentle with mommy. And now he knows. And it's right. so funny. The other day, he was playing football in the house. No joke. And he said, mommy, move out of the way. And I said, why? He said, I have to protect you. And I said, what oh, I'm stud. raising this kid right. I yeah, love it. You know? Yeah. I got to meet him outside. He, yeah. Hands, oh, he's the best. Yeah. He's a handsome little dude. He's tough as nails yeah. and very different from, from what a little girl would be. You're right. But I love that you use the, the furries factory installed. There's a whole generation of people now now that want to deny that that's a reality, that want to say that everything is, you know, um, culturally acquired and, you know, everything is societally. It's almost like men and women, they have to derail the fact that men and women are different by saying that nothing, you are not internally wired for anything, which is totally absurd. It's it's, (laughs) all these people who are talking about trust the science. That's literally against the science (laughs) of of our genetic makeup, right? right? But all this to say that for 20 years, it was the dismantling of masculinity through through movies, through Al Bundy really started the whole thing. If you, yeah. if you go like, where's Ground Zero? It's Al Bundy. Right? <laughs> yeah. And I used to love that show, but it was Al Bundy, like the goofy doofus guy who can't figure his way out. If it wasn't for his wife to point the way he couldn't figure it out and his kids, he was just a laughing stock for his kids and he would just come home Make money. This is what men think. Well, I make money. That's that's the bare minimum. That's like when someone says, well, I've never been to jail. You're not supposed to go to jail, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. don't be proud of that. <laughs> Chris Rock has an old comedy album where he talks about the guys in the hood, you know, being proud of themselves for not going to jail. Like, I ain't never been to jail. It's like, bro, you're not supposed to go to jail. Like, don't mm-hmm. be proud of the bare minimum. <laughs> and so if you're like, well, I just provide, that's not what a dad, that's way, there's way more than a dad has to do, a father has to do, a husband has to do. And so in the absence of all that, so 20 years of dismantling masculinity, what 2020 did is it did accelerate the process of the dismantling, but it woke up. It woke up something within men to go, something's not right, I feel it. And then voices like Andrew Tate came up and voices like, I'd been talking about this since 2017 openly. 2019 we started, or 2018 we started the project. Um, 2019, we started the Squire program, which is a father and son program, uh, rite of passage experience. And so I saw the writing on the wall and I was like, all right, in addition to talking about entrepreneurism, which is what my core thing is, I need to talk about what, what is happening, which is this dismantling of masculinity. And so 2020 accelerated the process, but it also woke up voices. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and, and now we're going to need some time for the tides to turn. It's like a cruise ship. It's going to take have degrees of turning required. It's not a speedboat that's going to whip around. Yeah. Well, I want to remind everyone in the chat, by the way, get on in there. We are going to take your super chat today. We're going to do $10 and up today because I want to get to the meat of this interview. But we will be reading them. Deli's going to read them today for me because I don't have my computer here. But please get on in there. If you have a question for me, if you have a question for Bedros, please. We would love, 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 love to hear from you. Deli, I'll check in with you in a little bit just gotcha. to see if there's anything going on there. So before we get into what you call the opposition, which I think is a fantastic way to I describe I got to give a it. shout out to Napoleon Hill for that, by the okay. way. In his great book, um, Outwitting the Devil, yeah. he talks well, about the opposition. Yeah, that's what we're dealing with. Yeah. We're gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to show a couple of clips of you talking about that, and we're going to just dig into that for in, a, in just a second. But there's a term high-value man that's talked a lot about in the red pill space, in the manosphere space, and they delineate, although they all feel a little bit differently about what that looks like. I'm curious, from your perspective, what would make a high-value man? That's a good question. Uh, I'm going to tell you that I hate that term. I know. And so does uh, everybody that every yeah. guy, by the way, that I have on here that sits in this chair tells yeah. me they hate that. Term. It's, it's, you're either a man or you're a man child. And that's it. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And if you're if you're a man, mm -hmm. you're everything that they describe what a high value man is. You should be able to earn and earn well, be jacked, you know, be, be in great shape, because when you're jacked, it sends a message that you care about yourself so much that you're fit, you're athletic, you're a walking role model to your kids, to the to the neighborhood boys. Uh, because it is a tribe that raises people, right? And so a high-value man is someone who's well-spoken, who's charismatic, who, who can earn, who can make friends, who can open doors, be a gentleman, but who can also fight and defend your honor. Um, and But that's just a man. Mm -hmm. What a man should be. The fact that we're calling it a high-value name, uh, a high-value man, is the same reason why toxic masculinity exists. That term shouldn't even exist. You're either toxic because you're a weak, nice guy, uh, who's passive aggressive, uh, or you're masculine, which mm. is everything we just described. You can earn, you can be a lion and a lamb, meaning a lion when you need to be, but a lamb to your family. I can show my softest, funniest, cuddly side to my <laughs> wife and kids and in and, and, and a safe environment, but I can also, from the boardroom to the boxing ring, handle myself. Mm -hmm. And it's important for a man to be able to have all of those tools at his disposal. If not, we feel like this this hollowness within us, a, a high value man or a man, I'm just gonna call it a man should also be emotionally disciplined, mm. well-spoken, earner, fit. And it's like, well, what if you're injured? Fit as, as fit as you can be. Like mm -hmm. I'm not saying walk around like a fucking anatomical <laughs> chart, but God damn it, be fit, right? Can you can you talk to me a minute about the uh, emotional discipline? Because you know the antitates of the world will often talk about stoicism mm -hmm. and the importance of having control over your emotions, and that community who advocates for that will get a lot of heat because people will say, oh no, you're telling men not to feel, you're telling men to be robots, it's actually dangerous for men to not process their emotions properly, and I think it's a widely misunderstood concept telling men to have emotional discipline. What does that actually mean, and why is it healthy? Yeah, yeah, so emotional discipline or stoicism is not the ability to not feel. Like, that's actually, that's psychologically sad and pathetic that's uh, disassociation from your emotions like that's that's horrible it is to be able to control your emotions because uh, if something bad happened to you jedediah god forbid something bad happens how would you emotionally react i mean i would emotionally react to be perfectly how? honest but what, what i would, would be your reaction? i would cry, cry i would panic sure. i would go to my husband and be like babe what do i do i'm nervous mm -hmm. about x y and mm -hmm. z i would vent i would be i'd be a bit of a scatterbrain to and be i wouldn't honest. do any of that i would grab a gun and start shooting <laughs> yeah that, that's what that's what like, so if I was left to emotionally react, right. and that's why I chose the word react, 
a man is going to be violent. That's how men show their emotions, mm. with violence. And so how then do we define emotional discipline? The ability to step back, think about consequences, think about what you're feeling, and realizing am I about to make a permanent decision on temporary feelings, and then respond appropriately. That, my friend, is emotional discipline. So if I win the lottery, $300 million, I'm staying in the green. If I had a really bad day and my franchise lost 200 locations, I'm staying in the green. I'm not letting yeah. the peaks and valleys on either end determine how I act. Interesting. And that's what makes men and women so different, I think. I talk about this all the time. I had Destiny on the other day. He's like an uber liberal, and he was talking about something. And I said, well, that's because men off, will stay here. Mm -hmm. You know, They're consistent. Even when you train, and you probably know this, when you train men and women for fitness, it's much easier to train guys in the sense that they're much more consistent throughout the month. We're like this, just sure. by virtue of our hormones and the right. fact that we are more emotional by nature, that you probably expected me to respond the way I just did. I did. Right? Exactly. Which is why, which is why, yeah. which is why the union of a man and woman can be such a beautiful complimentary thing. I want to talk about the opposition. Um, you're fearless. In, you're one of the few people, truthfully, sometimes I'll have somebody on here and they're hesitant to talk politics. They're hesitant to go after the system um, for obvious reasons, right? People fear cancellation. They feel like, oh, you know, what am I going to do? Andrew Tate, somebody who has been very blunt about mm -hmm. criticizing, you know, pharma and all of that stuff. I've seen a lot of your content. You're the same. Let's play a clip, Deli. Number two, let's go to 915 and listen to Bedros, and then we're going to talk about it. Well, I'll tell you where I'm going. I'm talking about our current government. I'm talking about mainstream media. I'm talking about big pharma. And I'm talking about the medical industry. And I'm talking about, collectively, to me, they are known as the opposition, right? And what they want is they want you, as a man, to fail. And I'm going to tell you why. And, men, I'm speaking specifically to you. Because if you do anything to empower yourself, you are a threat to the modern-day opposition. And, again, the opposition being big government, mainstream media, which is the mouth and the voice of big government, big pharma, the medical industry, social media platforms, right? And I realize the social media platforms that I'm on, that I'm using, that you're watching or listening to me on. But the reality okay, tell you is so, that they do- This is such an important point uh, to make. How serious do you think it is right now in terms of I call it, you know, the matrix, some call it the system in terms of we talk on the show a lot about these three letter organizations, you know, not just the CDC and the FDA, but the WHO and the WEF mm -hmm. and all of this stuff. How serious is it in this moment in time for people to recognize what's actually coming down the pike? Look, I, I come from a communist country. We escaped the Soviet Union, Armenia. My dad was a member of the Communist Party. He, he tells us uh, he's still alive today. He's 88, 88 years old. He, he tells us how things were and how how you can distort truth and how you can demoralize the masses and how you can destabilize uh, regions and then come in as the savior so that you're looked at as a hero, right? right? And so that's what we're seeing happening again. Like the, the, that playbook is not an old playbook. That playbook has been, been around for thousands of years. Um, and so we're seeing that playbook take, take place today. It's a very serious thing, I believe, and, and by the way, people go, well, what if you're all wrong? What if you're absolutely wrong? What if big government has nothing to do with media or pharma, et cetera? I'm you're like, not wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> let's not. say on the off chance that I'm wrong, which yeah. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. But if I were, what harm is there in you being a sovereign man, uh, mm -hmm. being able to think for yourself, 
being able to provide for your family, not looking for the government to tell you what to do, not being dependent or docile, not being passive. There's no har there's no harm in improving yourself mm -hmm. in your circumstances. So why not be that person? And why not be the person that's watching government? After all, shouldn't they be working for us, mm -hmm. not against us? And so, but I, the reality is that the opposition, big government, pharma, media, are globalizing. We see that happening. Uh, interest rates are going up. Housing market's going to crash. Um, but before that, probably the stock market, then the housing market, and then the dollar will get devalued, and then some kind of electronic financial situation will take place where they, they're going to track our money and use our money. And look what happened in Canada, where the mm -hmm. truckers decided to protest very peacefully and very quickly they were able to get them to stop by shutting down their bank accounts. That's and right. so that is where we're headed. And if you want to be on a leash for big government, stay on this path, say nothing, be docile, hope that someone else will have a voice and speak for you. But it's gonna take the masses mm -hmm. to do something about it. And we keep allowing them to erode our freedoms inch by inch, inch by inch. And then they push, 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 and they stop. And then we go, don't come any further. Then they push, 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 and then stop. We don't have much room left. Mm -hmm. That's right. Now, and you, you were talking about, you know, central bank digital currency. We talk on the show about everything digital being a problem. Mm -hmm. You got the carbon, you know, forget it, what's coming down the, the pike with in terms of the agenda when it comes to climate change. It's a disaster. Um, are there enough guys that we talk about men, obviously, needing to be on those front lines? Are there enough guys that would hear what you're saying? and are feeling the way you're feeling about it in this country at this point? Or are there too many that, even though they might hear what you're saying, are willing to be like, this is too hard. You know what? This is too hard of a fight. It's America. It'll be fine. Everybody still has this idea that, oh, we're a sovereign nation. And I keep trying to say, oh, we're not. That's not how it works anymore, honey. It's long gone. It's long gone. Yeah. Are there enough guys like you out there? There are. And I'm going to tell you why. Thankfully, we've been at war for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. Let's not forget how many great veterans we have. And I've got the good, good fortune to be able to work with many of them. I coach them up in their businesses. They come from special operations community, Navy SEALs, Green Berets, Delta guys. Awesome. Uh, and, and when I get to work with them and create businesses, I'm often reminded by them that they are veterans. They know how to lead their communities. And so mm -hmm. there's two groups of men. The men that are like, well, I don't know what to do, but I feel something's up, but I don't <laughs> yeah. know what to say. I'm just wondering, are we gonna to get to a point where these veterans are now gonna to have to stand up and lead the men in their communities? So yes, there are mm -hmm. enough men that because we've been at war for 20 years, we've got plenty of veterans who feel this way. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I think well before there's a call to arms, we could use our voice, we could use our right. money, how we spend our money determines who we put in office. Right, um, voting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like we don't have to get to that point where veterans have to lead civilian armies into some kind of civilian battle like we should be far from that right now should be should but be. it's day but, by but day you know yeah. and there's a and there's a you know we talk about the pandemic but there's a round two coming our way real fast mm -hmm. too they're gearing up for that i want to talk to you about um this is something you guys are going to love we'll get to the chat after this deli do we have chats right now yeah we just have a question okay you want to do that right now let's yeah. do that one. uh poseidon says ask pedro's about the snooze button his morning routine that changed my life <laughs> there you go all right so uh I've got this. I've got this theory that confidence is a byproduct of stacking little wins throughout the day, and, and then throughout the week, and then throughout the month. Like that's what we do. And the easiest W to stack first thing in the morning is not hitting the snooze button because you made a promise to yourself the night before. I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. or whatever time you set the <laughs> alarm for. If you hit that snooze button, you broke that promise to yourself. You stack the L. Now I believe that the universe goes. 
you motherfucker, because <laughs> because you chose to take that L, I'm going to put more L's in front of you. Like the rest of the day is going to be more difficult. You're going to have more doors shut. You're going to have things go wrong. And you're going to have a day of L's and you have to fight through it. Whereas if I didn't hit that snooze button, I stacked the W. The universe stacks more opportunities oh, in my way. That's an interesting way to look at mm -hmm. it. My husband's very much like up at it early in the morning. I'm the one who's like... Give ten me more five minutes. more minutes, yeah. ten more, snuggle up with the yeah. dog and the baby, you know. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so that's, that's, that's my theory, yeah. and, and I do that's believe good. it to I be like true. That's good, I like it, I do like it. Um, I want to ask you about the MDK project. Yeah. We have a clip I want to show. Del, you see that? Uh, it's 12 starts at 12 seconds. Guys, you're going to love this. Ladies, guys in the chat, you're going to love this one. It's thicker than water, and that is absolutely not true. It is taken out of context. The blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb, which simply means that men who have suffered together, who have struggled together, who have gone through adversity and shed blood together, have a deeper connection and bond than siblings who were born from the water of the same womb. And that to me is the definition of the modern day night project. Okay, so talk to me about this project. This looks very cool, mm -hmm. very, very powerful stuff. Um, why did you start it? Why should guys do it? How do they get involved if they want to? Tell us all about this. Yeah, yeah, actually this, this is my passion project. If there was anything, and I'm very fortunate, I've got seven big businesses, great leaders that run them, and if I could run the project 24 hours a day, seven days a week, <laughs> I would. I wouldn't be able to last long because we don't <laughs> sleep for 75 hours just like those guys, or we do, we get about probably about six hours of sleep over the entire 75 hours. Oh man, hours. I'd be done after one day. I'd yeah, be like, where's my latte? But the, <laughs> but the Modern Day Night Project is is a 75 hour experience for men who wanna level up in their faith, family, fitness, and finance so that mm. they can live a life of fulfillment. All men, every man wants his kingdom. If you ask every man secretly, what was his name? Deli. Deli, wouldn't you wanna have your own kingdom? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and, and one more question. Would you rather be loved or respected? Uh, respected. Bingo. I've never met a guy yet that I've asked that second question to, which had nothing to do with the project. Mm -hmm. It's just my constant polling of men. All men want to be respected over loved. And so women pay attention to that. That's how you win That's your man's heart. interesting. And yeah. most women would answer the exact opposite, I think, if you right. ask them. Right. Yeah. And again, genetic makeup yeah. factor installed. Yeah. Right. But the project is really about leveling up in, in, in your, like developing your own kingdom. Because uh, every man has a desire to be, have his own kingdom. And, and what does that look like? Well, your, own, your, your home, your family, your core values, uh, whether it's in business or your vocation, your family, et cetera. Uh, faith in yourself and faith in a higher power. Uh, fitness, mental fitness, emotional fitness, uh, financial fitness, um, and of course, your family. Uh, legacy, very important. So we know that those are the four F-bombs that lead to the fifth F-bomb fulfillment. And most men are plagued by uh, trauma, like I was molested by two older boys in Armenia for two years, just stowed that away in the back of my brain, pretended it never happened. However, I had a very um, turbulent relationship with men. It was hard to trust them, so I'd go into business with the guy only to start finding fault and then have arguments and then break, break off the partnership, et cetera. Had a hard time trusting, had a hard time even going deep into love. I remember describing to my wife one time that I felt like if Diana, Andrew and Chloe, my wife and two kids, if they were in this room, I was always standing in the hallway looking in. Like I, there was, I was one step away from feeling that mm. deep love. 
thank God for that anxiety attack uh, that led me to working with a great therapist, Kevin Downing in Brea, California. And I worked with him for 15 months, uh, once a week. And um, that led to a lot of unpacking of shit and healing, <laughs> healing the little boy within. And yeah. so most men have gone through some kind of trauma, whether it's in fact one out of every three men have had physical or mental emotional abuse, one out of every four men have had uh, sexual abuse. Wow. So when you just take, I don't know how many people are in this building, and that probably applies to women as well, or the numbers are probably very similar. But knowing that, if men aren't, they don't heal, they're gonna constantly self-sabotage, lean into vices, where there's pornography, gambling, alcohol, food, uh, stimulation through television, et cetera, um, for an escape, mm -hmm. right? And to tell men, hey, just go work with a good therapist, they'll never do it. And in fact, the reason I went to a therapist because I had that anxiety attack. Right. I went because my doctor said, I'm gonna put you on Xanax, or you can go work with a therapist <laughs> and he'll give you tools to deal yeah. with your anxiety. I'm like, cool, I don't want Xanax. <laughs> not taking that yeah. stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, you know, Mr. Therapist, what are you going to teach me? So he teaches me a few things in four weeks and, you know, like 80% less anxious and stress. Great. Got it. On that fourth week, I was saying goodbye to him, leaving. He gave me the tools I needed. He said, Bedros, before you leave, is there anything else you want to talk about? You know, family, uh, how life was in Armenia before you came here? I'm like, no, everything's fine. What about parents? He goes, everyone's parents has some kind of left some kind of emotional scar. I'm like, look, my dad slapped me around and he beat me, but that's the Armenian way. That's just how the old school people are. Plus, the beatings my dad gave me were nothing compared to what happened to me as a kid. For some reason, in four weeks, I built such a rapport. He built such a rapport with me, Kevin, that I put that out there. And he said, what happened to you? And I just bawled, started crying. So I'm standing at his doorway, second floor. I could see my truck out his window. And I'm thinking if I could just fling my body through the window, I can <laughs> yeah. avoid this whole conversation, right? right? But I'm stuck. I can't move. And he's asking, you know, were you abused? And I'm nodding my head, yes. Sexually, yes. By a babysitter, no. Boys, yes. And so I am uh, able to muster out, you know, what happened to that little boy I've dealt with. And he says, can you say what happened to me I've dealt with? And I started bawling again. He goes, Bedros, that's the first step. Mm -hmm. Disassociation is the first step into creating multiple personalities. Like, we need to talk about this, hence the next 15 months. Wow. So I would have never gone to a therapist if someone said, hey man, you've had trauma, you've had abuse. Right. If you go and solve through that, you will unfuck yourself mm -hmm. and therefore have a better life, better relationship. You won't self-sabotage, you won't lean into vices, et cetera. And so beautiful little things. It's a little here. dog on the floor yeah. that's harassing us. Yeah. It's my dog and it is what it is. And like, you know, look at that. She is attracted to me. I like <laughs> she that. does. She yeah. likes me. I'm going to pick her up so that she stops, but keep going. And, and, and so long story short, the project was really created to help men overcome their trauma. But I, it's wrapped with, hey, come work, work with the Navy SEAL, work with the Marine, work with an entrepreneur who's going to help you become more productive in life, make more money, you know, go through some awesome exercises with that a Navy SEAL is going to put you through. So it's a it's almost like a, a Navy SEAL training and Marine Corps boot camp meets entrepreneurial training and life coaching for men in a group environment. So they have a tribe. Most men are islands now. They, right. Again, part of the opposition's goal is to make men islands because if we're a tribe, we're more dangerous. Right. And so I created tribes of men to come together. And when they do, so even though the project is 75 hours of emotional, mental, and physical hell, the real experience of the project is about four and a half hours of an exercise I put these men through journaling exercise and then talking exercise called toxic cognitions. Interesting. And so we journal out what happened to us as kids or whenever that, uh, that trauma was, what blocks it causes, 
what self-sabotage it causes, how it shows up in our marriage, in our business, in our health, in our fitness, et cetera. Um, and then what are our superpowers that we've gained from it? Because you do gain superpowers. Right. At mine, mine, for example, I've gained massive amount of compassion and empathy for, for men that are hurt. Mm-hmm. And I want to help them. And I want to show them the way. And so hence the project and the Squire program. And so the project really is supposed to be four hours when you think about it. But you're never going to get a group of men who don't know each other to sit down and journal about their most hurtful emotional shit. Yeah, that seems like a very challenging. If you if you ask women to do that, I think it would come a Instantly. lot more yeah. easily. We would welcome yeah. that opportunity. Yeah. That seems like so, a pretty challenging endeavor yeah. for a and bunch that's of why guys. it has to be seventy five hours long for these guys to do hard stuff together, like you saw in the video. Right. Because soon strangers start calling each other brother. We all every evolution our instructors have set up where you're not going to get through any evolution by yourself. It's right. all team stuff. You're always working with another dude. So by the time you get to that toxic cognition, it's forty two hours in. You've You've hurt with this guy. You've carried logs with this guy. You've been in the ocean with this guy. You've pulled a truck with this guy. You've been in the ice bath with this guy. You'll just spill your guts with because he's your right. brother now. Yeah. Right. You've been through it together. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I always talk about the the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. People always say blood is thicker than the water. That's taken out of context. It's actually right. the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb uh, because you know we see it in the military all the time. Men that have bled together for a common cause are tighter than a guy who went to battle and his sibling who didn't Mm -hmm. for that reason. So this is all fascinating. And it does remind me some of what you do. I don't know how familiar you are with Andrew Tate's war room, but Mm -hmm. some of it is kind of parallels. I know that's a bit different, but it's, it's the, the concept of kind of building men up of, you know, reminding them of their masculinity, reminding them of what keeps them strong and what can kind of empower them to the next level. That's a commonality. I want to ask you about Andrew Tate. He's been a very controversial figure. Obviously, he and his brother Tristan are in jail right now. People love him. People hate him. My perception is that he's been a net positive. That's not to say I agree with everything he says. That's not to say that I agree with everything he does. That's not to say that I endorse everything he does. But I don't need to do all of those things just to, to kind of come to the conclusion that he's a net positive given what I have absorbed in terms of his long ter- long-term content, long-form content. Yeah. What's your take on Andrew Tate? Love him, hate him. What do you think? Look, I can't agree with everything that he says. Mm-hmm. But I can agree with the fact that there is a matrix, a system, an opposition. It's got an agenda. And it is to demoralize and demasculinize men and he is speaking on behalf of men and that is very dangerous uh in terms of if you're the government you don't want to see that and as his voice got bigger and bigger and bigger through his brilliant strategy of affiliate marketing like so people all these guys were sharing his videos he got more famous when he got deplatformed right right um but but it grows it seems like uh every day on twitter that account balloons in a nutshell net positive Mm-hmm. He's a net positive human, and that's how we have to look at people. Because who who on planet Earth is a hundred percent all positive? Uh, I don't think there's a one. Um, Why do you think he he you know became so famous? There's a lot of guys doing what he's doing. There's a lot of guys in the space in the red pill space talking about what he's talking about. For some reason, he stood out. Well, um, he, he became too polarizing. He became too polarizing. And and if you want to know the truth, I think he should have kept his big mouth shut mm. on certain things. Well, he'll so, say that. Yeah. He actually will say, if I could go back, I'd say yeah. this a little bit differently or I'd be more conscious of the fact that stuff gets chopped up and whatnot. To, to say, look, uh, I'm not going to use me as an example because I don't want to, uh, but there's probably plenty of men who are very well-to-do, mm-hmm. who have lots of access, who probably can afford things and have access to things that average people can't. Yeah. And guess what? Those men, I've earned that, earned that. But if I'm living in Romania 
And uh, I've been able to basically pay off the government so that I can drive my sports cars any way I want. I'm gonna keep my fucking mouth shut mm -hmm. because if my mission is to help men and I wanna drive my cars fast, great. I don't even talk about how many cars I have. I don't yeah. need to, I don't want to. It has nothing to do with my mission. And so think his ego, I believe he's got the best of intentions. He has got a powerful message, but his ego of, I get to drive my cars fast, I get to pay yeah. off the government. I, I wanted to turn my house into a shooting, uh, what do you call it? Uh, um, like where you can go shooting because the Romanian government doesn't allow you to have guns. Oh, like a range? Yeah, so he, yeah, yeah. he, he licensed his, his yep. home into a range so that yep. he can have guns. Clever, brilliant, I love it. It's a great entrepreneurial marketing move. But why share that kind of stuff? Because mm. when you start doing that and then you start poking fun of basically how you've got the Romanian government wrapped around your finger, <laughs> yeah. guess who's got more money than Andrew Tate? Yeah, right. The US government. Mm -hmm. And the US government goes, hey, uh, Romania, Mm -hmm. We think that he's been trafficking women, and we think mm -hmm. this has been happening. And when he got in a fight with that chick on Twitter, uh, it all went Greta to Thunberg. Yeah, mm -hmm. it all went to hell in the handbag. Like, bro, why? Why? Like, yeah. If, if, well, I, I've also thought about you know he he knows how controversial he is. He knows that he was you know challenging. He's not just challenging you know the perception of gender roles. He was challenging the big boys and girls. He had that mm -hmm. exchange, like you said, with the the baby of the climate change movement, Greta mm -hmm. Thunberg. She's a, you know, she's like tied into the World Economic Forum that these these three mm -hmm. little organizations love somebody like that. So I was always kind of surprised that he wasn't more aware of of just who he was angering and wasn't more private about some components of his life. I yeah. was also really surprised, frankly, that he lived in Romania because now we're seeing a deeply corrupt system. He's right. in prison for month after month after month. No charges have been filed. And I was always like, why would you, you know people are after you. Whether you've done something or not, if you're Andrew Tate, somebody's coming to look sure. for something to try to get you. Now you're in a country where you know the system is corrupt. You're doomed, man. You have you. They couldn't do to him in the United States what they're doing to him now. You would have had to charge or release at this point. Well, well beyond. I think it's like 48 hours or 72 hours. It's something within that time mm -hmm. frame. So there are some things that he let the vice folks in. I was like, why? They're not going to, there's no noble endeavor there. No. So I've been a little bit confused. With that being said, I still would say when I watched a lot of his long form content, he was a much needed voice when men were searching for a reason to rediscover their masculinity and, and were tired of being told that it was toxic. Um, and I think it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah. Well, I really hope that everything plays out the way I think it is, which is, it feels like he's been framed and it seems like he needs to come back out and continue on with his mission. I mean, mm -hmm. he, he's a man on a mission as I am, as many other men are. And he spoke to a demographic that, that really listened and, and right. people go, well, you know, why do you work with other people who are doing the same thing? Because you might speak to a demographic differently than I do. At the end of the day, mm -hmm. we need to change the minds and hearts of as many young and old and middle-aged men as possible if we want to beat the opposition. yeah. So he needs to come back out, put his ego aside and continue yeah. on with his mission because it doesn't matter where he fucking lives. And <laughs> yeah. if I'm the yeah, Romanian right. government, I'm gonna be like, bro, shut up <laughs> that, that, that you're right. pr practically bribed us. Shut up, you're making us look stupid. Yeah, well, it's interesting. you just brought up an interesting point. Um, 
I believe it was Rich Cooper that I, I brought this up to you before the show. Um, audience will know who Rich Cooper is, but he had come out with a video and I'm going to actually respond to it next week. Audience, I'm going to do that one on one. But he had put out a video basically saying that women who are talking about what I'm talking about right now, masculinity, you know, what's going on with men going after modern feminism, inspiring men to do better. All of this, what, what is considered, I guess, a male space that we essentially aren't doing that much good. We should kind of sit back, go. If we want to march on the Capitol for change, we can do that. But essentially step away from the microphone. And, you know, I respect he's done a lot for, you know, men. He's done a lot for the community. Um, I respect what he's brought to the table. I don't agree with him on anything, but I have respect for him. But my message was there are people who will hear what you're saying, Rich, but they won't absorb it because it's coming out of your mouth. There are people who will hear what I'm saying and they won't absorb it because it's coming out of my mouth. Everybody has a different ear for different people. There are Correct. women who will only take that advice from women. There are men who will only take that advice from men. Sometimes somebody's delivery could put you off and you could hear, you know, Myron from Fresh and Fit say something and they're like, no way. Then, you know, Pearly over there says the same exact thing and you're like, oh, okay, wait a minute. That mm -hmm. sounds, so I want more voices. I want more voices of sanity. I want more voices that are gonna call out crazy. I want more voices who are gonna stand up to what's toxic in society. I want legitimately toxic, not their toxic masculinity that doesn't exist. I want more voices who want to bring this country to a better place. So more voices are what we need. And I, I, I believe, and I think I, I told you this before the cameras even started to roll that you've got a very critical role, uh, as with, um, Michaela Peterson, Jordan Peterson, oh, Michaela, yeah. Michaela Peterson, yeah. right? Because again, there's, there's women who will only want to hear from a woman who's you know, hey, I've walked in your shoes. You've walked right. in their shoes. Uh, you're successful. You're beautiful. You're you're accomplished. And they go, you know what? She checks off every box that I want, and yet she carries herself with a certain poise and manner that I feel I connect with. But everyone keeps telling me that I should be like these like slutty feminists. <laughs> right. So maybe I can start modeling myself after her. Mm -hmm. Like I can't get that message across as well as you can to women. Right. Right. And I think it I think everybody's different. I think it, it's really interesting. There'll be people that will listen to this podcast right now and some of them will be inclined to listen more because you're saying what you're saying and some of them will be inclined mm -hmm. to listen more. It's just it's so interesting how human nature is too with delivery. Everybody's delivery is kind of yeah. different what appeals to one person or the other. I want to talk to you about um Men and women are different, and society is refusing to acknowledge that. Not only are they refusing to acknowledge it at this point, but they are outright telling you it's not so. When you do, you train both men and women. Do you give do you do these one on one sessions with men and women? How, like, how does that work? Yeah, good, good question. So the project is only for men for the obvious reasons. You, yeah, you put a single woman in, in the project, and all men want to shut up and impress the woman, and are not going to talk about anything vulnerable. So that's just the project is my smallest business. Uh, the Fit Body Bootcamp, which is our international fitness franchise location, 85% of our clients are women. Uh, we have hundreds of locations all over the world. Uh, they're gyms, boutique gyms. And, um, and also my private coaching business. It's $100,000 for a year of coaching. And I work with male and female entrepreneurs. Um, about 40% of my coaching clients are women. Um, two of them are doctors. Uh, some of them are dietitians. Uh, some of them are... Uh, they, they sell supplement product lines for women, mm -hmm. um, makeup, et cetera. And marketing is marketing and, and brand building is brand building. And I've been good at that. I, that's one, one of the, going back to the word factory installed, one of the factory installed skills that I have is I do know how to get attention. And so if I know how to get attention, it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female, if you've got a business and I see value in it that I can help you, I will help you. And so mm, I do work with women. Yeah. What do you make of the society's refusal to 
kind of acknowledge these differences. Is it agenda driven? Is it trying to, I, I believe that it's trying to pull men and women apart. I think that the desire is if you tell, if you, if you make men less like men and you, you know, tell them their masculinity is toxic, if you, you know, make women less feminine, if you tell them suddenly, oh, your femininity, oh, that's not great. That's not a great thing. You're just, you're looking for the male gaze. That's not really what you want to do. You're less likely to form unions between men and women. I think all of this is agenda driven um, to kind of break society apart. Mm-hmm remove that link of community. The community, as you know, is the first line of defense against all these three-letter organizations. So how dark and sinister is it to deny the reality that men and women are different? When people deny that, it it blows me away. Here's, Here's the deal. We just talked about how you would emotionally react versus how a man would, emo- I would emotionally mm-hmm. react to probably a very similar situation, right? Yeah. Uh, to a very similar situation. So if I let my emotions get the best of me, I'm probably gonna go on a rampage of some sort. Uh, you let your emotions get the best of you, you're probably gonna go on a crying spree and, and whatever and wanna really talk it out with someone. I don't wanna talk it out with someone. I just wanna punch <laughs> walls and punch people. And that's what a man wants to do. So we can't just let our emotions get a hold of us. So ju- just there we're different. Uh, genetic makeup, we're different. H- how we handle problems, how I talk to my daughter, how my wife talks to my daughter is different versus how my, like, like right now my son is 17 and he's at a stage where he just, like I come home, he high fives and hugs me and then we go to the gym together in the evenings and we just grunt. Awesome. If, I, if I take my, we have <laughs> we our own grunt. gym. We just grunt. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> two dudes grunting. Grunt. And if I take my shirt off, like he'll look at me and he'll take his shirt off and he'll start grunting. And when I go with my daughter, it's a very different energy in the yeah. gym. It, it just is. Uh, it, but again, the opposition wants to separate us, wants to isolate and insulate us from one another because the more we can do that, or the more they can do that, the more vulnerable we become to their attacks. Whether it's pandemic, whether it's climate change, whether it's the economy, they always need to create a problem so that they can come and be the man on the white horse to save the day. Right. We are live right now, guys. I've never had to do this before. I've also never had my dog in here, but I'm gonna do something right now that I, I have to. Deli, we have to get her out of here. I'm literally <laughs> afraid the dog is going to pee on the floor. I am gotcha. not kidding. So can we um, have someone come and Deli, maybe you can step in and guys in the back are like, what has happened? Just audience so you know what happened today. I will tell you, um, it was a, it was chaos in my house. We actually found mold coming through my air vents this morning. At the last minute, I had somebody come down. They had to remediate the whole house. I had to leave with my child, my husband, my dog, get everybody out immediately. And that was an hour before the show. So the reason you have chaos today is that I didn't want to miss the show. We had Bedros. He had amazing guests who had flown in. But I apologize if there's any chaos. Typically, we don't have this Bedros, but... You know, the Matrix, I always say, Deli, the Matrix is coming for me, man. It's coming in the form of mold. So I want to ask you about, we're going to go into some pornography stuff here because this is really interesting to sure. me. You did a video, I watched the whole thing where you talked about how porn is toxic to men. You have a new wave now where it's not just standard porn. You have only fans popping up. You have guys sitting on there and spending a ton of money, by the way, to give to a whole bunch of women who don't care about them, who will openly and repeatedly say that they don't care about those guys and take their cash every step of the way. Mm -hmm. It is a disaster. It's not helping men in their lives whatsoever. They're going broke. They're feeling more dejected about themselves. What can you speak to men on this and motivate them to stop doing this stuff because it's going to break them. Yeah, well, you know, women aren't the problem, right? In fact, by the way, yesterday, uh, I, had to, I had to Google what 304 meant. 
I heard you say it. Oh, yeah. I didn't. I was like, what the fuck does 304 yeah. mean? And there was, there was watch, yeah, yeah. Slutty behavior. And then calculator, you turn it upside down. Oh, oh. yeah. Okay, they got it. Don't worry, when I came out here, I didn't know either. They had to teach me. And I was like, oh, wow, look at that. I'm a relic. So, uh, you and I yeah, are from I, the I same age. I felt so unhip, so. right? So <laughs> We're anyway. not hip. We're not hip. But but it's not, it's, it's not these... These women, these girls are not the problem. The feminists or whatever you want to call them, the hoes, are not, they're not the problem. They see an opportunity. Mm -hmm. A big financial one, yeah, too. Yeah, a big financial one. And they are opportunists. Add to that, most men aren't willing to step up anymore. When we, when we lack men who know how to earn, who, know have, who have charisma, who are gentlemen, who, who, take, who can't take control, who, don't, who know how to take control, we don't have those kind of men anymore. So they're like, look, the kind of man I'm looking for is gone. And by the way, women are looking for that kind of man. Uh, confident, capable men. And the reason I know this is every time we have a project class, mm -hmm. um, the, the guys that manage my DMs and my Instagram, like it blows up. Like it, all, all these women are in there. Are any of them single? Are any of these guys single? Yeah. And that's all I keep hearing. I, if I feel like if I start a dating service with the single <laughs> men, you should do that. With the single men from the project, like I could like I could be a multi 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 billionaire. You should do that. Yeah. So side side gig. <laughs> that would be, yeah, that would be my OnlyFans. That would be my exactly. OnlyFans, yeah. But um, the, the problem is the men, mm. because here's what happens. They, they have bought into this narrative that I'm supposed to be toxic, I'm supposed to be passive, uh, I'm supposed to be dependent, I'm supposed to be soft, I shouldn't want to earn, I shouldn't want things and possessions. Men want to acquire, like men want to build statues to themselves. Men want kingdoms, men want to be respected, men want to be appreciated. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and they're being told for years, ever since they were little puppies, uh, you can't do any of that. But deep down inside, they still want that. And so mm -hmm. they'll log on to a little OnlyFan account where they will pay to have a woman say that to them in a chat right. box or the fuck, however Very that works. Very sad, actually. Yeah. So if men started to become the 2.0 versions of themselves, if men became financially sovereign, mentally tough, physically strong, created a tribe, fell in love with themselves, had charisma, learned, go go take a fucking improv class. Go hire a personal trainer, do jujitsu, make some money, take an improv class, stop mm. wearing your elastic waistband <laughs> fucking shorts, right, that are like four sizes too big. Yeah. They have like Cheeto dust in their belly button from all the video games they've played. Nasty. Like, like just become a man mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you will have to attract, you will just attract women. You won't have to chase them. Right now they're mm. chasing and so these women are like, man, look, there's a lot of dudes coming to my channel. I'm going to take this opportunity. Mm -hmm. So the problem is not the women. It's the men. When men step up, they won't be spending money on that because they'll get the real thing. Mm -hmm. And when you have the real thing, when you feel that love, when you feel that significance, you feel that value, you feel like someone is loving you, not because you're paying them. Mm -hmm. They're loving you because there's a connection, kindred right. spirits. Oh, my God. What a great feeling. And by the way, when you're, my wife says it's the best. She goes, you were a jagged rock. I'm a jagged rock. We got in this burlap bag and for the last 20 years, <laughs> you know, we've been shaking around and every now and again, the creator opens the bag and looks in. Right. You know, one of us looked like, I, I think I want out, but fuck it, I'll stay another year, whatever. And soon you realize like, this is where I'm supposed to be because those right. two jagged rocks now are perfectly smooth and what a great fit. Right. I can't buy that. Mm -hmm. I can't buy that feeling, mm -hmm. that peace of mind, that yep. security that I have. And my wife can't get that either. So men need to step up when they do they won't be into porn. They won't be into the OnlyFans. It's, it's, it won't but, appeal but it's, to them. No, but it's so easy because you could just stay on your mom's couch in the basement and take mm -hmm. your iPhone mm -hmm. and go to that account and blow what little money you have. And then you know what else happens too? Deep down inside, every man knows. By the way, the reason most men now are anxious and depressed, majority of anxiety and depression, 98% in my mind, 
I'm no doctor, but I'm going to peg it at 98% mm -hmm. are a byproduct of a man who is incongruent with what his conscience wants for him. Mm -hmm. When he does something and he's like, I'm not proud of this, that is anxiety. Like anxiety and depression knock on your door yep. as your conscience and go, hey, you did something uncool. You, mm -hmm. you should have gone to the gym. Instead, you went to OnlyFans, jerked off, went to sleep, whatever it is that you did, ate your Cheetos. Mm -hmm. You should have maybe looked for a better job. You should have tried to produce more value to humanity. You want to be like a servant. You want to be a savage. You didn't. And this is anxiety and depression coming and knocking at your door as your conscience. Mm. We all yep. have a conscience. We right. know right and wrong. And so that's what these dudes are feeling, but they ignore it. Then they hit the vape pen and then they get drunk. <laughs> yeah. It's like this whole circle, this toilet bowl mm -hmm. of vices that if they just stopped for a moment, grabbed the fucking toilet ring, get out. If you got out of it for a day and worked out, did something hard, did something mentally difficult, and then went to sleep, you'd have a peaceful sleep. You'd be proud of yourself. The alarm goes off. You don't yep. hit the snooze. You wake up. You dominate your day. You have a list of things to work off of. Holy shit. Before you know it, a week's gone by and you're proud of yourself. You start stacking those weeks, become months, months become years, and all of a sudden the world has changed because yep. of you. But it's so much easier to just log on <laughs> yeah. and get your rocks off. You talked about um, the guys that you train and you said, oh, I should start this dating service. Mm. Webinar was asking if they're single, all of that. I think the problem that guys feel a lot of times is that they feel that nice guys finish last. And they'll say, you know, all these women are saying that they want all of these things. They want, you know, a gentleman and they want someone who, yeah, makes six figures and is fit and all this stuff, but they want a good quality guy. And then that good quality guy gets passed up for some Chad or Tyrone or some guy that's going to, you know, do them dirty that Chad night and leave, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> listen, you, you're on JB Live now. Uh -huh. You're in with all the modern lingo. I'm but so right <laughs> You're so hip right now. You've never been this hip. But, you know, and, and they, guys are like, I don't believe you anymore. So do nice guys finish last? And if so, what are those nice guys doing wrong or what are they missing that girls aren't sticking with them? But, not, I don't know. The way I define nice guys, by, by the way, when I say nice guys do finish last, I define nice guys like Robert Glover's book, No More Mr. Nice Guy. Great book. Every guy watching this, listening to this should read No More Mr. Nice mm. Guy by Robert Glover. The nice guy that I'm talking about is passive aggressive. He doesn't say what's on his mind. He goes with the flow only to later re regret it and then mm. gets, gets, gets more passive. It's kind of like passive. a doormat, a passive aggressive yeah, doormat. Yeah, <laughs> like, don't be a nice guy. Be a yeah. good man. Be okay. a good man. Like have an opinion. Be willing to say no, take control of a situation. Like she actually wants that. Like she wants you to make the decision where date night is and what we're gonna have. Because if she, my wife decides like she doesn't want steak when I'm like, hey, we're gonna go to Old Brea Chop House for a steak. She can say, how about not? I go, cool. Sushi sound good? Great, mm -hmm. off we go to sushi. But if you are letting her constantly make the decisions for you because you're treating her like a mom, she is gonna treat you like a boy. Mm -hmm. And that's what these nice guys are. It's right. like they've become a boy. Again, like I said, a man child. And so, I mean, I, I don't know where else to go from here in, in terms of, it, it's not a nice guy problem. It's just men need to go back to being men. Like what mm -hmm. they feel in their gut and their radiance. Like every human I believe is born with this glowing orb of radiance within them. You know, as a child, you're curious. Like I saw your little boy out there. He had like yep. a balloon, and he was curious about it. And he was going up and down the stairs, and your and your and your and your husband's watching him. Like, oh, be careful, watch out, right? We take risks as kids. Yeah, we are curious. We are loud. We we reach for things and we pull it off. And then soon, hey, don't do that. Watch out. Be careful. What if you hurt someone's feelings? And soon, we are declawed and defanged, and that 
that light from that glowing orb is just dimmed. See, I feel like the male instinct is is being beaten out of them. Correct. And I men are inclined to want to open that door for you, to want to pull out that chair for you, to want to lead, to want to set out set mm-hmm. up that date. To want to, you know, have you walk on the inside and they walk on the outside of the street because it's the danger zone to be on the outside in case a car comes your way. They're very much instinctually inclined to do all of that. But every time they do something, and I call these women modern women to distinguish them because every time they do something nice like that, they get a slap on the wrist or they get told, I don't need you to do that for me. I can do it for myself. So the question is. And I've had that happen to me, by the way. So, And that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like, is this generation of women, do they really want? a man to lead, what do they really want? Because they're sending all of these mixed messages and what's happening is you have a whole generation of men that are saying, I'm done. I don't want to be involved with women at all. You're wasting my time. You're wasting my money. That's bad, I think, ultimately, because I'm a strong believer in in family being a foundation for community. And you want a good man and a good woman to wind up together. And it ricochets out. All of that positivity ricochets out. But I can't blame these men for being confused. I can't blame them for saying, you know, I'm tired of getting this stuff beaten out of me. Now, now, what do they do? Walk through life and go against their instincts sometimes and follow their instinct other times. It's a very challenging time to be a young man. How about do what's right all the time? And maybe that's how you weed out Simple as that. The, the good women from the bad women. I was literally <laughs> leaving a parking lot of a Target. This is several years ago. Several years, like almost probably a decade ago. Driving out of a Target parking lot. I see a woman trying to change her own tire. Roll down my window. Hey, ma'am, can I help you with that? No, I got it. Are you sure? Yes, I got it. Okay, it's daytime. Right. I live in a nice town. <laughs> I know she's not going to get mugged or raped. Right. I drove off. Uh-huh. If in that next hour I saw that again with someone else, I would still ask them. It wouldn't prevent yep. me from. I'm always going to do what's right. You're going to do what's right. That's right. Simple. You follow your radiance. That's the good and advice. Go back to that glowing orb. Your, your conscience knows what's right. And so when we, you had a video that I was watching just yesterday, again, just doing my own research. And uh, 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 this woman was squatting. And, oh, yes. Right? And then she got stuck. <laughs> that she, one went viral, by yeah, the way, y'all. She got stuck in the bucket, right? Oh, yes. She got stuck in the down she position got there. She stuck. And she's like, excuse me, hello, excuse me, hello. Now, here's what's going to happen. A lot of dudes, because they've seen these videos where women are propping up cameras mm-hmm. and then yelling at dudes. That's right. Like, hey, I'm not going to help her. Now, if I were there, I would still help her. Mm-hmm. I'd help her. First of all, like your guest said, she should have just dumped it, but I get it. Fear <laughs> I don't know if, if I would have dumped it. Honestly, it looked very menacing. I probably would have shouted for yeah, some yeah, dude yeah. to come over and help me too. I'm not going to lie. But again, <laughs> I believe if a decent man was there, yeah. he would have, and he saw that, he would have helped her regardless of the video camera and what he's seen before, right? Unfortunately, videos like that tell most men, like, dude, ignore Stop. it. Step mind your own away, business. Mind your own business. See, but you you have the advantage of age too, and I think like you and I grew up in a time true where we are grounded in in something different. And these young guys are, you know, we grew up in a time where we had a a, a pretty extensive period where people weren't crazy. And where a guy was allowed to be a guy and a woman was allowed to be a woman and there wasn't all of this angry stuff yeah. coming through modern media. These young guys, I think, growing up in this world, and frankly, these young women that are often highly you know, brainwashed by modern feminism, they're struggling, all of them, frankly. Mm-hmm. You know, you have women struggling saying, oh, I'm told that it's empowering to be promiscuous. And then they go out and they're promiscuous. And when somebody asks them, oh, how many people have you slept with? They're like, mm, because they're embarrassed by it, because they know right. there's something wrong here. Right. And that's their conscience. That's again, their conscience. Right? Exactly. Yeah. But you and I, I think. Otherwise, they'd be proud. It should be on their Instagram bio. Put it on your forehead and walk yeah. around, honey. Stamp. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you about um, things men do to ruin their lives. We have a clip. It's number nine. Deli, can we play number nine? 
And thing number seven that men do to ruin their lives is that they don't keep a brotherhood of like-minded men around them. They don't have a band of brothers. They are not part of a tribe. The thing that men do that really ruins their life is that they live like an island. You act like a lone wolf. You are not meant to be a lone wolf. You are not meant to be an island. You are meant to find like-minded dudes who share your core values. Yet another reason okay. to have core values and non-negotiable. So, that's what reminded me of the War Room, that clip, because yeah. the War Room is basically a group of guys that get together, and we've had Justin Waller on and Sterling Cooper on, and they really believe strongly in the camaraderie of men and mm -hmm. why that's important. Tell me, what, what goes wrong in a man's life when he doesn't have that? What goes wrong in a man's life is he has no one to bounce stuff off of because men, just like women, do talk when we are tight, when we are close. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, we do talk and we do need a vent. And if you don't have that, and venting for us is very different. Like, we won't go to a restaurant and, you know, sit around with a group of men and drink wine and talk. Like, I know my wife does that. That's awesome. <laughs> we'll go do something like physically difficult. We'll, we'll go surfing, we'll go work out in between sets. And, and here, here's the only time men will actually be stationary and, and actually have a deep, meaningful conversation is when they're sitting in a car driving, both looking forward. One's in the passenger seat, one's <laughs> driving. And uh, the reason is men don't want that intimacy, that eye contact. And when we're working out, we have that distraction and we we're doing hard things together. It's like, all right, you know, he spotted me and I spotted him and he's lifting heavy weights. I am whatever. We're surfing, we're fighting the waves or we went out hiking or something. But men need to do things. Men went out in tribes. They left all their caves. They got their spears and their stones and they went and they set up a trap for the saber-toothed tiger. One guy lured it in. <laughs> saber-toothed tiger. Right, like well, however it worked. Like I don't know what the fuck existed back then or <laughs> right, the right. Willie Mammoth. But they, they like one guy cannot kill the saber-toothed tiger. Right. However, a tribe of men with their tools, equipment, and their wiliness of setting up a trap and distracting it while this guy comes from behind and stabs it and whatever. Now you can get the job done. Yeah. Men need that tribe. In the absence of that tribe, you begin to go internal. You become an island and you get more anxious, more depressed. You begin to wonder if perhaps, you know, it's it's time to check out. This is why suicide, suicide rates. rates are so high. Yep. Like, again, make a man an island. We're not supposed to be. It was the Knights of the Round Table. It wasn't the Knight of the Round Table. It was mm -hmm. Knights of the Round Table. It's always been by design. A, a knight had a squire, for crying out loud. And it was the squire's job to clean the armor and clean the horse and, and, and practice sword fighting with this knight. And it was the knight's job to teach that young squire the way of man, mm -hmm. to be a chivalrous yeah. knight. Right, and, and and all that is gone, and so we need that. We need tribe as much as women need it. It's just mm -hmm. our needs are in a different way. Different, yeah. You would see women, lots of eye contact, lots of heart to heart. Right, very very different. Right, but and, and for us equally powerful. Yeah, but for us not so much. And then when a man becomes an island, soon he begins to get into his own thoughts, and it is very easy for a guy. And I know, like the female brain. When I tell my wife about this, uh, she's like, "Man, my female brain just can't wrap around it. Like to want to just." kill yourself and exit. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> actually, it's pretty simple for a guy. Like, yeah. like if I can give truth serum to all the men in this building mm -hmm. and then be like, hey, have you ever thought of killing yourself? Every single guy will tell you wow. yes. It's easy for us. And I think it's by default because we know, again, factory installed, we know our main core value job is to protect and go to war and possibly die. Mm -hmm. And so the acceptance of death has to be built in us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
that doesn't mean I'm suicidal. It doesn't mean that I want to kill myself. I'm just saying it's easy for a man to get there. We can't relate to that. I mean, even you saying it right now, I believe you. Because you've got a purpose. You've got a little dude you got to raise. I cannot yeah. even, my biggest fear, like I have a baby and I had a baby late. That's a, a thing I talk about on the show all the time. And my biggest fear is like, nothing can happen to me until he's like a self-sufficient man. Like I need to be here for my, like, that's all I can see. Right. So it's so interesting. And I love these conversations about gender dynamics because one, they bring me back to the reality that men and women are different and everything about like how everything is a social construct. I get to break down more and more because it's complete garbage what society mm -hmm. is selling you these days. And also because I think it's really important for men and women to accept that in order, if you want men and women to ultimately be able to come together and form a union, there has to be an acceptance that we're so different that we complement each other in different ways. Now, yeah. I'm curious how you feel about, um, Jelly, do you have this number 10? We have to play it without volume. Yeah. We have two more things I want to do with you before close, but, and do we have chats as well? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do 10 and then we're going to do chats. Sure. But this, no we have to play this without music. But I just want to show this to you. This is an example of something I would show on my show and I would live react to. So you see a woman here, me crying because I'm 40 and never had kids. She's wiping her face with money. She's wiping her face. You'll see next coming in with her Louis Vuitton bag, um, her little dog. And of course, this is deeply sad to somebody like me. But the messaging here is, oh, don't feel bad for me. I've I've done it all right. Women, please. I have the, the I have all this money that I saved by virtue of not having to spend that money on a child, and I have my Louis Vuitton bag that I wouldn't have been able to buy if I had to, you know, put that kid through X, Y, and Z school or whatever. And I have my dog here, so I don't need a baby. I've replaced it with this little fur baby. Mm. So that is the messaging that gets sent to when we talk about modern women. It's I don't need a man. So these guys that you're talking about, you're training them to be these really impressive men and you're inspiring them and all these things. And then wa they walk out into the world and they meet that woman who in two seconds says, well, I don't need you. Cool. Well, That's don't, don't go after that woman then. So how do they find? How do you tell guys? Well, I know what you're saying. Build yourself up and the, the, the right women will be attracted to you. How do you detect a red flag girl? Like what, what are the things that you would say to guys if you see this happening? That's not somebody you're going to yeah. want to build your family with. Well, if I want to get hit by a bus, I'm probably <laughs> going to stand in the road. That's my highest probability of getting hit by a bus is to stand in the road. Would you agree? Right? I think that's pretty safe. Deli's laughing. I'm not going to get he, hit by a bus. He does that for hobby, but that's yeah. just Deli. <laughs> so so if, if I want to meet a quality woman, yeah. I'm probably going to go stand or be in places where they hang out. I'm not going to be raising the where roof. Where is that? I, I go to a high-end gym. Okay. I would go to a gym. Uh, if you go to church, go to church. I, I would go to high-end restaurants, right? Like, just go to high-end restaurants. Not the club? And, you mean not the, the Miami club on no, a Saturday No, no, I wouldn't go to the club. <laughs> there, there's like, honestly, there's, you know, go to CrossFit. Like, go to CrossFit. Like, if you're into athletic women, go, mm -hmm. go to CrossFit. Like, you get to see their work ethic. Mm -hmm. You get mm -hmm. to see how, because the body doesn't lie. Like, so, and if they're strong, like, do they have discipline to maintain their diet? You get to see that. Mm -hmm. So you get to see, dis like, the gym is a great equalizer. I would just go to a gym. I Forget met my it. husband in a gym. There you go. By the I way, he's Jack. He's in good shape. Yes, yeah. he is yeah. fantastic. I met yeah. him in a gym, and you know, the first time that I met him, I'm going to tell you the story. You'll appreciate this. You know those, um, I don't know what they are. You stack them, and you jump on top of them. They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah okay, plyo boxes. Whatever those things are that he's talking about. So I used to do that, and I would jump on my little box. And I'm pretty, you know, I'm in shape, sure. and I would jump on and be all proud of myself. I turned to my left, and I saw, I cannot, it was like stacked this. It was taller than me. And I see him just with like little springs in his feet, like boing up to the top. And I was like, yeah. he, 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 like this. <laughs> the reaction that I had. And he's just naturally very strong and yeah. built. You see what he looks like. Even if he doesn't exercise for a few days, it's like he's the way that he is so it, it, it gym is 
a great place. It's a great place. But guys are worried now because you have this trend of the modern women saying, God, oh, you know, they need I'm, to stop that. It's like overworked. So like, okay, you're going to work. Look, if I'm overworried, I could technically drown in a bowl of soup. Does that mean if I go to a restaurant tonight, I'm not going to order soup, <laughs> right? Like people worry about the wrong, like they major on minor things. Like go to the gym. If she's got a camera and she's training <laughs> shoulders, but the my favorite is this. You've seen this. You know what I'm talking about, bro, because the Instagram algorithms like do this. You will, uh, oh, oh, uh, one of these modern women that yeah. you talk about, they're training shoulders. Yep. Like, yeah, front delt workout. But the camera, camera's behind them from the, <laughs> yeah. from the booty yeah. angle. The booty shot. Yeah. It's like, look, oh, I yeah. know what you're doing. So yeah. if that chick's at the gym, mm -hmm. I'm probably not going to go hang out around her mm -hmm. and talk to her because you're not the kind of chick that I want to talk to. Mm -hmm. But if there's a gym, I'm going to go at all hours of the time. That's where I met my wife, by the mm -hmm. way, is at the gym. Interesting. And- I get to see their work ethic. I get to see their consistency. I get to see their discipline. I get to see their mm -hmm. focus. I get to see so much yep. the gym will show you. And even if you're like, well, I'm not into Jack, you don't have to be into Jack. Like, are they health conscious? Mm -hmm. Like, do they use that as a good coping mechanism versus alcohol or a vape pen or weed or, right. or watching Kardashians? Like, like, people think like, well, what if I don't want to go... Go to a gym, fella. Go to a gym. Like test yep. your body against weights. See what you can do. You know, spring onto that plyo box and see how awesome it feels. The right women will notice. Yes, the right women will, will notice. And, and if you go at different times, it. you'll start. You know, you'll start organically making eye contact, and then there's a friendly nod, and before you know it, you're having a conversation, and you're like, "Hey, mm -hmm. maybe I can buy you a coffee." Yeah, and that's how that conversation goes. And if they go, no, go fuck yourself, then you talk to the next one. Like, right. but you you have to go through the sets and reps like everything else. Like, yeah, you're in shape. Your husband's in shape. I imagine one trip to the gym didn't get you there, right? right. You got sets yeah, and reps. Yeah, no, that's that's a big part of our life. Yeah, you know, health and wellness and all that stuff. And I think that's the biggest challenge from the messages that I receive from guys. They're very stuck in ahead of you know getting the girl and. My goal is to try to remind them that if you have yourself together, you will carry with you an energy that's very inviting. Oh my God. Ain't and that it's true. just, you have to just, and it's just something that women sense about a man that, you know, you want to be around us, but you're not needy. You've got your life in order. You care about the things that really matter. There's mm -hmm. an authority to the way you walk into a room. Women sense all of those things, and before you know it, we'll be flocking to you. By the way, men sense <laughs> that. M yeah. Men will literally find other men to plug their belly buttons, their, their umbilical cords to, and they put them on a pedestal. Um, yeah. Because they go, that, that guy, is, he's got the juice. He's got what it takes. It's like, bro, yeah. you can get it too. Mm -hmm. You can get it too. It's not like elusive to anyone. <laughs> right. I want to ask you quickly about, um, I address a lot about the promiscuous culture. I know you're married and you're far removed as I am from this whole thing. But I'm curious because there's some mixed messaging in the red pill community that goes toward men. My message to men is I often tell women that being promiscuous is not helping you, that men will not like this about you. They're not going to flock to you if you have a promiscuous past. They're, that's not appetizing to a man. In the same breath, I tell a guy to not waste your time. I know you're wired a little bit differently than women are, but it's it's just a, a time sink and it it's an energy sink. And you could be doing all of these things you're mm -hmm. talking about, get financially stable, get in the gym, to make yourself attractive to, for lack of a better word, a high value woman, stop wasting your time on all this nonsense. Is your messaging the same or do you have more of the head of men and women are different, promiscuous is something guys are gonna go through? Where do you stand on that? I haven't seen a man who's promiscuous and I'm talking about a single man yeah. who's promiscuous and is able to maintain success 
physical health, et cetera. It takes a lot of effort to be promiscuous. Yeah, a lot, there's a lot of this going on. Yeah, a <laughs> lot of that. You know what I mean? Like, like in my generation, there wasn't that. So it was just like going to places and trying to hit on women, right? right? I Which did is that. its own was its yeah. own job. It, it's like a full-time job, <laughs> yeah. man. And, yeah. and today I imagine it's like all the different <laughs> profiles or Tinders or Bumblebee, whatever they're called. Like, <laughs> Bumblebee? Isn't, isn't it something like with a B? Like, yeah, it's Bumble. Yeah. Bumble, yeah, 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 Bumble. I love that he added B. Yeah, I love so it. retarded of me. But I love you, it. You get what I'm saying. Like, how many swipes and... Yeah. And, and do, like, just go and be your... Fall in love with yourself. Like, build the awesome man that you respect and admire. And then soon, you're going to be like, holy crap, all the right women are giving me attention. It's like you're a magnet all of a sudden. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's that simple. And you can get more done if you invest that time that you were going to be promiscuous into your work, your vocation, your purpose, your body, your mm -hmm. whatever. Like, servitude. I agree with you. You and yeah. I are on the same page yeah. there. I had a feeling we would be. Chats, Telly? Yeah. Now we're um, going to wrap. Rick Bourne sent $20. He said, Veterans are our hope. We need to support their commitment and leadership, which is clear and simple. Quoted from the U.S. Constitution. Hassan said, I love both you guys. Then FN Sports sent $100. He said, Big shout out to B. Always dropping gems and leading the way. Thank you, brother. The project life is life changing. Appreciate it, man. Uh, Omega Ratsu actually sent $10. He said, this guy is wrong. I'm a passport, bro. Passports are the lifeboat. American woman consists of 65% 304s or Tyrone and Chads and Alpha Widows. No, abandon the Chuck Farm and find foreign women. Okay, is that good? Yeah. We had a guy called Modern Life Dating on recently. You got to catch me up on him. all the terminology first oh, of all. Yeah, I don't okay. know what a password bro okay. is or Okay, I'll tell you. We're, well, we can close with that actually. And by the way, audience, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. And I apologize. I keep thinking about Daisy Runner. People were like, what are those little bells? Were people asking Deli in the chat what that noise was? It was my dog's collar that was running. <laughs> What's <laughs> going on to here has been all sorts of insane. So I apologize for that. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you want to see more guests like Pedro's. Tell me who they are. Who do you want to hear from? Who do you want to talk to passport bros we had uh, modern life dating on jonathan is awesome a lot of guys are saying that they don't want to deal with american women anymore that american women have been brainwashed so heavily by you know feminism by i don't need a man by masculinity is toxic that they are going to foreign women and they're finding that women in other countries are more traditional and their traditional values are more intact and they're not horribly offended when a guy says, you know, mm -hmm. I want to be head of household, things like that. They're not so wrong. They're okay. not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So that's and that I think is a lot of the struggle for, for when I first started in this space, because you and I, I'm 44, so we're not that far yeah. apart. When I got into this space, I was dealing with, I don't know if you know, Rolo Tomasi. It was one of the first mm -hmm. interviews I did with him. And I sat down with him and he was talking about these things. And I was like, women aren't like that. I was thinking of my generation of women right. and it's changed so drastically. I'm consuming this content now and I'm like, oh man, it's a, it's a really crazy world out there. So it's not that what you're saying is true. That's what men should strive for. I think that still will all work with the right woman, but guys are going to have to sift through a lot of, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of junk yeah. well, that they're going to have to sift through. Did I hear through. the stat that like 65% of women are hoes or something? Is yeah. that what he said? Yeah. All right, so let's assume that's right. I don't know if that's right or I not. I don't know but where he got that from. Let's I think assume he made that's it right. Up. <laughs> Let, let's let's upgrade that to to seventy percent. Okay. So that means if thirty percent of the women then are are the type of women that you would want to be with, that you would want to start a relationship with, find them. Yeah. Find them, or get your passport or whatever, and go go find a foreign. Per but but the bottom line is, like, be, first off, become the highest level version of yourself. Be the man mm -hmm. that you admire, that you respect. Create your own core values. Have your non-negotiables. Be fit. Be jacked. And by the way, I always talk about be fit, be jacked, make a lot of money. Because 
if someone is consistently fit, if they are financially well off, those two are the highest form of self-development. It takes yeah. a lot of self-work to start a business, become an entrepreneur, to to even start a career where you work your way up to the right. top. Discipline, focus, consistency, uh, delayed gratification, all mm -hmm. those things take place in the gym. All those things take place in a, a highfalutin career or as an entrepreneur. And you learn a lot about yourself, your risk yeah. tolerance. You begin to self-actualize. You begin to realize there's all different types of people that you have to lead and manage and and, and mentor. And so that's why I always preach that, like be fit and be jack, make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Because when you do, you find your highest level version of yourself. And then when you do, the 30% of the women that are still a good fit are probably gonna find you or go get your mm -hmm. fucking passport and go to China and find, <laughs> yeah. well, I guess not China, but go to some other country and find It's interesting her. because you're you're a different in a different age bracket than some of these guys, but like MLD will come on and say like money muscles game frame, which is a very similar concept of kind of getting your, you know, your realm in order. Mm -hmm. So we're going to wrap, but I want you to talk to the audience about just give us where can they find you? What can they look forward to? Guys looking for some guidance. What where do you direct them to as a step as a starting step of, sure. of where to, sure. what to do next? Uh, think, and but, women, too, if they want to, yeah, you know. Yeah. Look, look, both men and women should should follow me on YouTube, uh, which is my channel is Bedros Koulian. Uh, and definitely follow me on Instagram as well at Bedros Koulian. Uh, I give a lot of free information away because I want to help humanity. I've really found myself in a great position in life where I get to um, do well financially and I have time freedom because I've got great leaders in my companies who who take care of business mm -hmm. and allows me to really focus on helping my wife with mentoring my son and my daughter because my daughter's 15, my son is 17 and really people ask me like, hey, how do you come up with topics for your podcast? I go, I'm really speaking to Andrew and Chloe at all different ages. Like some some of the episodes are I'm speaking to Andrew when he's forty. Uh, some right. episodes I'm speaking to Andrew mm -hmm. right now. Totally relate. Right? Yeah, you can relate. I and have a little one, but I can I can already see. Yeah, it. yeah, and and so like I'm able to do that, and so the podcast is out there for free, the Instagram's out there for free, and whether you like me or hate me, you definitely <laughs> you'll be the type of you won't tolerate me. You're either gonna like or hate me, and and I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Well, I had a blast. Deli, we good? Yep. I had a blast, audience St. Bedros. Thank you for coming thank here. Thank you for the opportunity. What a fun time. I actually had a time. great conversation. Yeah. Audience, um, we are going to be back. I'm going to go clean out this mold. Hopefully my dog didn't pee all over anyone, Deli. <laughs> you never do know. I will be back. Uh, and we have MLD coming on next week. Just wait for it. He's going to be responding to his appearance on whatever podcast. Oh, yeah. We got some <laughs> more stuff coming your way. Nice. And by the way, I did invite, uh, what's his name? Chase? Chase, yeah. I did invite Chase on. We'll see if he answers. If he doesn't, we can just shame him on here until he does. Let's try that, <laughs> audience. I love you. See you soon. Bye.